go. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining me once again. Tonight, I have another really exciting guest. We're going to go off the topic of aliens tonight and UFOs, and we're going to get into psychokinesis. Um, uh, tonight, we are going to be talking about manifestation, healing, uh, lucky, like, mind over matter. And tonight, I have with me Dr. Joe Gallenberger. Let me explain a little bit. Joseph Gallenberger, PhD, has 30 years experience as a psychologist, is a senior trainer at the Robert Monroe Institute, and he's a psychokinesis expert. His PK discoveries in university and casino environments are detailed in Inner Vegas, creating miracles, abundance, and health. He has taught 99 Inner Vegas inter adventure workshops where people achieve dramatic healing and strong influence over dice and slot machines and casinos. His book, Liquid Luck, The Good Fortune Handbook, and CB Liquid Luck have generated remarkable manifestation results for people at home. He developed Sync Creation, a home study course teaching PK as a way to increase abundance. His latest book is called Heaven is for Healing. For more information, you can reach him at www.synccreation.com. Joe, thank you for joining me. How are you tonight? I'm good there, Robert. How are you? I'm, I'm excellent. Thank you. And even though this is the, during the Super Bowl, I, I'd rather be doing this right now. This this is so interesting to me. Um, so my, I guess my first question is, being a psychologist, what initially sparked your interest to go further in consciousness and study psychokinesis? And what landed you at the Monroe Institute? Well, Robert, um, even as a kid, when I was maybe six or seven years old, I'd have oneness experiences with the universe and I'd go into ecstasy states. And so when I was 14, I went into a contemplative monastery for a few years uh, and had studied a lot of Christian mystics kinds of information. Uh, bounced out of there, went to college and was getting a degree in clinical psychology and uh, in Eastern philosophy. Um, and I had quite a bit of out-of-body experience as a kid. Bob Monroe uh, was famous for out-of-body, so once I got uh, aware of that, I read his books and found his institute and went up about 34 years ago to take their premier program called Gateway. And I've been a trainer up there now for about 30 years and um, helped Bob uh, develop a few of the programs. And within one of the programs, uh, somebody had a headache and I felt like if I just touched their shoulder, the headache would go away. And I asked permission. They said, sure. And it went away. That intrigued me. And later on up at Monroe, I was working with uh, uh, rolling dice in a program and the same feelings came over me. Hands very warm, feeling connected and grounded to the earth. Uh, heart open, expanded awareness to spirit, and I could roll what I wanted on the dice. And that intrigued me as a psychologist because that's very measurable. We know exactly what the statistics should be. So I went to uh, Princeton Anomalous Engineering Research Lab at Princeton University and was a subject in their PK experiments. By the time I left there, I knew it was real. I knew I could do it. And I wanted to get a black belt in PK. I'm going to define for people Psychokinesis or PK is the same thing as telekinesis, and it's affecting matter uh, with your energy. Some people say with your mind. I don't like that definition, 
because the mind is like a steering wheel in the car. It sets direction for you, but you go nowhere without gas. And uh, in PK, the good best gas we have is the energy of unconditional love. So we generate great energy, focus it with our intent, let go. And then we do things like grow seeds in our hand. Uh, in five minutes, we've had root growth of two and a half inches, uh, bend metal with our minds, uh, roll Dyson patterns, affect slot machines, those kind of things. As you mentioned, manifestation seems like it's the same energy for energy healing, manifestation, and PK. But the PK part is great for quick feedback and to tell you you're doing it right and for scientific verification. Um, so over the last uh, 20 years or so, I did the Inner Vegas Adventures where we go out to uh, the casinos out in Las Vegas. And if we're in the correct state of mind, uh, we get rewarded with money within seconds. And if we go into greed, fear, ego, self-consciousness, things that would destroy the PK field, we get uh, punished with withdrawal of money. So it's kind of like teaching a dog to sit, reward and punishment, um, to teach a more enlightened way of living where you're living from more wide open heart, better control of your intention, better control of your manifestations. Does that make sense, Robert? Yeah, what's funny is, you know, I'm a betting man, and uh, th there's a there's an old saying in betting, which you can probably relate to this. It's called, scared money doesn't make money. Did you ever hear that? Yeah. So, in fact, when I've asked the dealers who've seen millions of roles what superstitions are true, they'll say scared money loses. And I think it's true in life if we're more afraid of losing our job or being... Uh, jobless than finding the right job for us in the universe. If we're more afraid of rejection than finding our soulmate, when fear is higher than desire, we tend to get what we don't want. So we don't have to be perfect, but when we get to be about 90% uh, feeling really strong, clear intention and only 10% fear, that's when uh, things tend to happen with synchronicity, serendipity come our way more easily but it can be challenging to get to that. So much of my life's work, the home study course you mentioned, Sync Creation, I got seven uh, CDs out, all designed to raise your heart energy. And uh, Liquid Luck you mentioned is a good one for that as well. So Liquid Luck came along, I wanted to distill two decades of this experience into a 35 minute meditation to give people a taste that this is possible. And when it came out, immediately we had reports of people winning $1,000 scratch ticket three weeks in a row at the grocery store, finding soulmates, selling houses, starting businesses successfully. So the Liquid Look, but, look, but, look book came out uh, to describe uh, why Liquid Luck worked so well and what people have done with it. Uh, so it's an interesting area to me. And now culturally, I think we need to reduce fear and uh, that scared money lo loses is kind of showing up on a planet-wide basis. So uh, my favorite saying that I have on my wall right here is, fear is expensive, love is priceless, choose wisely. And in politics and with COVID and stuff right now, there's a lot of fear floating around. And I think it's very important if we want to create a beautiful, positive future 
that we get a handle on the fears. And now there are meditative tools to easily do that using brainwave technology things where people who've never meditated can uh, in 10 minutes relax really well by 15, 20 minutes being a very altered state of consciousness uh, that these uh, energies can go for PK, for manifesting, for healing. Well, I, you know, you know, it's so interesting what you said. Um, one, one, I've always, I've always looked into one, one of the things that drew me to you when I heard your interview on Coast to Coast was manifestation because I've looked into the law of attraction and I've looked into manifestation a lot. I've heard people say you have to manifest from your heart. They say that's your strongest, like that's your strongest point with an open heart of manifestation. Can you, can you, can you go into that a little bit more? I would agree. Um, I think the law of attraction and Abrams Hicks's work is great. Uh, the movie, The Secret is great. But one of the things they don't uh, talk about that I think needs to be discussed would be um, that it's not enough to just visualize or want something because we have a shadow part of us and we have lots of belief systems in the way. So what do I mean? We've most of us have heard nothing good comes easy, no pain, no gain. Those kind of beliefs will get in the way of things happening quickly on the positive. Uh, our whole culture is based on Darwin's theory, survival of the fittest. And yet recent biological uh, science would indicate that nature's prime directive is for the good of all. They conclude that because of how much genetic sharing goes on between organisms. If you built a society and for, good, for the good of all, it would be built differently than survival of the fittest, which now we have, which, which is kind of dog eat dog. Um, somebody has to lose for somebody to win, that kind of thing. So when you look at manifesting as an individual, you're interacting with all the other people and their beliefs, as well as your own internal emotional feelings, such as I don't deserve this, uh, fear of the unknown, uh, those kind of things, and also your beliefs. Um, so we've seen tumors go away in a second, but for that to happen, the person has to believe it can be instant. Um, and so um, that's where my work is interfacing with the law of attraction and other manifestation work is to really look kind of deeper at what might be the limits and beliefs or emotions and we have good ways to get around those, to transcend them, to heal them. But uh, without that, it's likely if, you know, say you've been jobless for four or five months, you're concerned about how to feed the family, that your fears are going to be higher than your desire for that job. And so we need to uh, help people handle fear, basically. Fear to me is not, you know, love to me has no opposite. Hate is not the opposite of love. But fear can cloud love <clears throat> and our main uh, nature is love uh, i believe we're designed to get unlimited energy directly from god's source if you want to use that term um, and with that we can create miracles all day long but we tend to cut that off and then we have a lot of fears and it's a free choice universe so um, we're free to feel like oh nothing good will ever happen for me or whatever other negative thought we might have too. Yeah, well, I don't want to get too new agey, but um, 
when you think about the vibration and that we, we do uh, resonate off frequency and vibration, the highest vibration is love. So in a way, the new agers kind of have that right, if you know what I'm talking about. Do you agree? Yes, and we can base this on science. Um, the PK work, this psychokinesis studies, if you take the meta-analysis of the data in the last uh, 20, 30 years, uh, it's what we call a Six Sigma event, that this would not occur even once in a billion by chance. So from a science point of view, from my point of view, PK is proven. When we look at, well, what makes it work better? One is believing it's possible. Two would be that two people like you and I would be stronger than one alone if we're simpatico, if we are coherent in our intention, and if we, if you want to use the word, love each other, deep friendship, uh, good soulmates, whatever. That's when uh, you tend to get exponential increases in this power. Um, and we can track along and measure, say somebody's doing well in PK that they're affecting a random number generator. It's picking a thousand times a second, one or zero. It's kind of like a head tail coin flip. And when the person gets to the equivalent of 15 heads in a row, they hit two fears at the same time. One, a fear of it continuing to be successful because that would change all their belief systems and how the world works and also a feel of fear of failure. So when they feel both the fear of success and failure at the same time, that PK field collapses and they tend to not do, do well after that. Um, if instead they may think of their grandmother and how much they loved her cookies, they can keep going. So love can keep somebody out of ego, keep them out of, and when you're in ego, that's when all these fears come up. Um, and so we're using love almost technologically. Uh, getting into your heart helps you get out of your head. And uh, being in your head is a killer. PK is natural, uh, Robert. But let's say sleep is natural, right? We want to go to sleep tonight. Well, we feel kind of tired, so we decide we have the intention to go to sleep. And then we let go of the intention. We think of something else and go to sleep. Well, if I put you on TV tonight and said, I'll give you $10 million if you fall asleep in the next 20 minutes with uh, 10 million people watching you. Most people couldn't fall asleep. Okay, so it was natural, but now they're self-conscious. Now they're efforting. Now they're trying too hard. So when people approach PK or manifestation, it's usually the same thing. These are natural for us, but we're trying too hard. We're in ego. We're efforting. We're... we're um, not convinced it can work. We don't have the trust in falling asleep uh, in that situation, if you will. So um, the heart, as you mentioned, can be a real key to just get out of ego. And that's uh, what's usually missing when people try to apply the secret or the law of attraction. Uh, I, I have a question and, and I'm gonna get a little bit deep for a second because okay. there's consciousness and you as a psychologist, you you have to have a theory about where consciousness comes from, where if it's from an external source or, you know, and we, we can speculate. I have people speculate on my show all the time. It's fine. And then also, where does where does this ego come from? Because the ego can be very deceiving. It can tell you things that you don't want to hear. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's yeah. just like it's the ego can be very evil. It can be very greedy. 
it can be uh, very uh, delusional. Um, uh, and then, so I guess that's two questions. Where do you think consciousness derives from? And, and that's, I know that's a tough question because I don't think anybody can answer that. And then where do you think this ego came from? I'm going to take the second part first to talk about ego. Um, ego is our executive function. It's not evil or bad. It's what tells us, hey, we'd like to have bananas on our cereal tomorrow morning, so we got to go to the store and get some bananas. Okay. And, uh, but the problem gets to be when ego is the dictator of the whole show. If you looked at inside you, maybe what you want is a board of directors in there where your higher self, your grandmother's wisdom, your inner child, ego, everybody's sitting on the board, but you as a conscious creature, get to make the final decision rather than ego running the show. So um, we're not trying to keep, kill ego, but to soften it and uh, put it in its proper place for us to function. So it's valuable, but it shouldn't be the dictator. Um, it develops out of our survival functions. And so if you try to kill ego, it just gets stronger because its whole programming is to help us survive which is a very handy thing to have, okay? But if ego is, for example, I knew a lady, she got up a snowy day in Virginia and her intuition said, don't, don't drive. But her ego said, you gotta get your kids to school. And she listened to her ego and had a very bad car accident. Spent years and years in the hospital getting better. Um, that's a case where ego was dictating over intuition and over heart. Uh, getting to consciousness, yeah, we can speculate a lot, but I'll give you a few things that are interesting to me. From what I've heard, the EU government took the world's most sophisticated computers and they can measure every neuron firing in the brain when you pick up a pencil. But when you say to the person, pick up a pencil sometime in the next five minutes, no neurons fire that indicate the act of will. Uh, so their conclusion was that the mind does not exist in the brain. It's either extra physical or somewhere else. Um, the, the brain is more like a transducer or radio that grabs the signal, interprets it, sends it to you. So if you have a brain injury, your radio is broken and, you know, you will show uh, perhaps damage like the inability to talk or walk. But that doesn't mean that your yourself lives in the brain, okay? So in my work with Monroe for 30 years, we really becomes a knowing that you survive physical death, that your consciousness is greater than your brain and your mind, and greater than this particular, um, even this particular incarnation. So Bob Monroe is famous to say, to say you're more than your physical body. We've now had you're more than your personality, you're more than who you think you are, that you can consciously remember. Um, so when we get beyond that, we get really into the deep woods in terms of all is one and all kinds of things in terms of what is consciousness. But I think we got good data that it's not really where most people identified as my brain or my mind. Um, we do have data that there is an intelligence center in the heart. We have data that there's intelligence center in the gut. 
Um, they react to things more quickly than our brain does. Um, so uh, we're, we're interesting creatures there, Robert. Uh, yeah, we definitely are. I, I, I would say, would you say that we're a part of a collective consciousness? I, I think so. My own feeling is there is one consciousness and then to have a human experience, you have to adopt some beliefs uh, that you could call illusions. The first belief is we're separate from the one. The second belief must might be in being in linear time. The third belief there's something called space. So now we have time and linear linear time and space and a feeling of individuality. Now we can have a human Earth life experience. Um, but we are never, to me, totally separated from our greater selves, which are more in touch with that oneness of consciousness. That's amazing. Now, I, I have to pick your brain about this. I don't want to get too off topic, but since, I mean, you, you work for the Robert Monroe Institute. That's amazing. I have the book, Journeys Out of the Body, right here. My first question is, I want to go towards... Uh, I want to sway towards out-of-body experiences and the afterlife right now. I just want to remind myself of that because there's some questions I want to ask you about both. You've had your own out-of-body experiences? Yeah, I had a lot as a kid, spontaneously, and then in college began to um, practice doing that at will. Um, and to me, out-of-body is a continuum from classic out-of-body where you reach through a wall and you feel the wiring, etc., and you have an, an energy body you can see and you can feel like you're flying through space to a more etheric travel where you're more like a globe of consciousness. If we met in that state, we would have emotional reactions to each other, telepathic communication, to mental travel, which we'd be just a point in consciousness. Point really has no dimensions. We uh, just symbolize it by a piece of a dot on a piece of paper. And there, um, all of those out-of-bodies can flow one into the other. I think they're all legitimate out-of-body phenomena. Why I consider them legitimate is we can get verification. So people go out of body, say they're in surgery and they read the licensing number on top of the surgery lamp and come back and are able to tell the surgeons what they did, what tools they used and quote the number on top of the lamp. Um, and there's enough of that to give us some verification. Um, the University of Virginia has a Department of Perceptual Studies. Um, for 40 years, they've been studying reincarnation. I think it's 40, I might be off of that, but a good while. And they got 4,000 cases that have lots of verifiability uh, to them. So. We're not off topic, really, because when you do PK, you want to bend metal with your mind, those kinds of things. The best way to, to do that is to realize you're one with everything and that you get into that oneness and then move around. Here's an example of a fork that I bent. And that's oh, my God. That's the heaviest Oneida silverware. Okay. And um, this one... Here is a uh, heavy oneida stainless steel. It's got a bend so tight that when metallurgists look at that, they say it's impossible. They've taken pictures under electron microscope and it looks different than if somebody bent it by force or by heating. Um, 
So this is part of that oneness of consciousness where you become one with the spoon, one with the fork, and from there you can do a lot of things. The same with healing and manifesting. If you can get that oneness going, that's helpful. Here's another uh, fork that's kind of fun because if you try to bend the tines of a fork, it'll just make little uh, dents in your finger. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, so those are kind of fun to do. So we use this kind of st stuff to practice and to get feedback whether you got the energy right. And again, when we're, say I go to a slot machine, I know that to get a royal flush in hearts on a poker machine in Vegas is 160,000 to one by chance. I've gotten that on the first pull with that intention to get that royal flush in hearts. That's good verification for the scientist in me. Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. It's back up. You got the royal flush on the slot machine first pull. Yep. And uh, I play I mean, back in when I was when I used to go to casinos. Like, uh, you know, I found it more valuable over the years to bet on sports. But I, I, I didn't know about PK until now. You know, I mean, but my 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 biggest impression of PK or psychokinesis was I, I interviewed Dr. Jeffrey Mishlove and, you know, I, I read a little bit about the PK man. So yeah. what, what was different about the PK man? Was he able to just tap into this oneness or is it, was he more, I, 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 could you even define it? Or I'm well, sure I you read the, read the book. I don't know him personally. Um, Yuri Geller who did metal bending and, and the guy who was the PK man, it seemed to me both of those people claimed that they were very special. And so that makes me suspicious that there was some ego involved. The PK man, as best I understand through Jeffrey's book, you know, if he would get angry, he would threaten to bring in bad weather in an area uh, to make glitches and things. We use this again from a heart energy because we think it's more consistent, more positive psychologically and spiritually, and definitely feel that everyone can do it. I took those Vegas adventure uh, classes that I did and made a class from Monroe Institute called MC Squared, standing for Manifestation and Creation Squared. And we bend metal in there and we roll dice in patterns and we grow seeds in our hand. Now those are given virtually and um, and so I got one coming up in February on, I think, the 27th. And we had uh, the last one we had, I think, a couple of people from Australia, Thailand, Romania, uh, Austria, Ecuador, all over the world. And on Zoom, we bent metal together or grew seeds in our hands together or rolled dice and patterns together. Um, and, and usually in my groups, and with my home study course, we get almost 100% of people being able to do this. So uh, the thing about PK Man uh, and, and Yuri, to me, were they may not have been as psychologically stable as ideal. But again, I did not know them personally, uh, just reading what they would do. Um, we've had some large PK effects. Uh, some people through my courses for example, raise the nitrogen content in soil on a big farm. Imagine the world with no need for nitrogen fertilizer. They've had reports of 300 people surrounding a lake and praying to clear pollution from the lake 
and having success. I was not there for that one. Um, we uh, light light bulbs with our energy and from across the room and they stay lit for 20 minutes. When I light light bulbs, they've measured 400 volts off my hands. Um, wow. So we, we we're getting verification that this stuff is part of who we are. Well, can I, um, can I ask you this? Like, yeah. do you meditate before you do this or are you just focusing intention on your heart or how, how, how are you doing? I mean, can you yeah, give away a little trick or? Sure. I, I meditate regularly. When we say, for example, took people out to Las Vegas, the whole first day we would be meditating off and on using the type of brainwave technology that I mentioned in my CDs um, and learning about the game and learning how we're going to uh, get the group energy and intention together. So we don't even go to the casino the first day. Then we go down and with wide open hearts, we have, say, if I was the person rolling the dice, there'd be a person either side of me sending me good energy like a healing circle and two people next to them supporting them. And we could roll even if the other side of the table was a bunch of negative drunks, we would be controlling the energetic of the table. Um, so we do a lot of things to prepare energetically. If I were there for you with you and you seem nervous and not in your heart, I might say, Robert, what do you like to do? And you say, fish, tell me about your favorite fishing hole. I might say, think of your grandmother or your pets or the children that you love. Um, and we would try to keep you out of ego and into a very open flowing heart space. And then you pull the lever on the slot machine or you roll the dice. Uh, when I go to slot machines, frankly, now, I've had probably, I don't know, 15, 20 Royal Flushes. Um, I often contact the people on the other side who have died, who I deeply love, my two brothers, my parents, and I'm in a conversation with them, uh, very connected with spirit, but also deeply grounded to the earth, the power of now being fully in my body. And then I just say, gee, I like that Royal Flush and Hearts. I've meditated and visualized it during that. Uh, that's part of that law of attraction thing. And I'll say this or something better. And often things come in beautifully. This is amazing stuff. Like how did you, uh, I mean, was it from your studies at the Monroe Institute um, about maybe the afterlife that made you be able to think you could talk to your relatives that have passed on? Yes, through Monroe, um, that seemed to be, I was in their first, what they call lifeline program, where they help people on the other side make transition after a death here, often one, you know, by suicide or accident or something that was violent or unexpected. And we would get verification. Um, this is pre-Google Google days, but we would call up and we would say, you know, did your child die in a car accident in a red convertible on top of a hill last Thursday? And the person might say, yes, who the hell are you? Sometimes we got verification by back in the records and library and Congress and stuff back into the 1800s. <clears throat> and uh, so for sufficient to me, it became a knowing that we are able to communicate that way. Um, the casino stuff, got going because of the science lab 
when I was a scientist there, you know, working as a subject in science lab, they had good experiments and we were getting results, but the, the experiments were boring. Often it would be, um, they'd put 128 lead EEG on my head, all those pins, that takes about an hour. And then you'd do 48 seconds of PK toward this gray box. And then 48 seconds rest, 48 seconds PK through 100 trials. And we get significant results, but it was boring as heck. The casino is great because if you are successful, you get rewarded with money and bells and cheering. Um, so it keeps you in that high energy state longer than a science lab might. Um, and so that's mainly how, you know, I made that transition from science to casino, if you will. Um, I liked playing games and I liked gambling uh, beforehand, uh, but it, I liked it a lot better with the PK state because you feel so good and uh, winning never hurt, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing stuff. So, yeah, yeah like I said, now, now I want to transition to the afterlife. Could you talk about your motivation for writing your book, Heaven is for Healing? I'm really interested in the afterlife and what happens to us and when we pass on. And it's no, it's great to have someone from the Monroe Institute to talk to that about. And I, your input would be sure. greatly appreciated. Sure. So um, my brother, Pete, who was my best friend, a very um, loving guy, uh, intelligent, <laughs> hardworking, uh, handsome, was never able to find work and a few other things going badly in his life, relationship, etc. He committed suicide back about uh, 25 years ago. And uh, <clears throat> at that time, uh, through Monroe Institute work, I connected with him a bit on the and helped with as well as other people with his transition on the other side. Now 25 years have gone by. And he really what he did changed my life in that I began to think, how come a good person who is working hard and trying their best cannot be successful? And I realized my brother Pete didn't feel deserving of love and he mistrusted power um, because he had seen a lot of people abuse power. And so a lot of my manifestation work was to answer questions developed by my brother Pete. So that's what I've been doing the last 20 years. So I wondered how he was doing, and I got back in touch psychically uh, with a channeler I think is best in the world through my own efforts, and was tracking Pete, what he's done in the last 20 years there. And there were several things that were really important to me. One is suicide is not the way to go. Two, no matter how you die, every drop of your experience on earth has been treasured and you'll be received with total lovingness and with great compassion and almost like a hospital triage to what you might need. You might be need to be put in rest for 40 years. You might need to have a classroom setting. You might need whatever to heal enough to begin to face your life that you just had and to begin to learn the lessons from that, plan what you're gonna do in the non-physical, perhaps plan to come back here. My brother Pete um, has gone through that process now 20 years later. He's thinking about incarnating again. And he's starting with a few simulated lives. They're like a lucid dream where you don't have to have a physical body. 
uh, because when you pick up a physical body, <clears throat> your ancestral and your own problems are kind of coded deep into your DNA. It's a pretty heavy trip. So he's doing simulations there on some of his issues as he tries to learn about how love works um, and heal some of his feelings of deservingness and things. So heaven is for healing. People have uh, reported it prevented them from committing suicide. It's been very consoling if people have had a suicide in their life or any loss, even somebody, you know, who they lost as a soldier in Vietnam, what have you. Um, and people who have an interest in the afterlife and what might go on over there. So Heaven is for Healing is available on Amazon as well as my website, as well as my Inner Vegas book and Liquid Luck book. Yeah, and and the, and one of the last questions I have for you, and this is a this is a pretty good one, is if you if you think about it, we come into this earth in pain and we go out in pain. So why do we incarnate? What is? Did you ever figure out throughout your studies why we incarnate? Is it to experience emotions like love, joy, hate, duality? Uh, or is that just a good guess? Or what? That's a good question. In fact, I asked that. You know. Um, there's certain things very special here. Learning to love through the illusion of limits, where you can feel love over there, but here through all the veils of illusion, the preciousness of the earth life experience in terms of the amount of beauty and even eating an orange or listening to music or seeing a sunset, uh, the linear time frame allows a sequential learning that's very invaluable. So souls tend to find this of high value. Um, that said, um, they can also find it very challenging to be here and quite painful to be here. And things can echo between lives. But um, it's considered, it's funny in the literature, you see people talk about earth as being kindergarten and there's all these advanced civilizations above us. And other people feel Earth is graduate school. But a graduate, Bob Monroe, felt this of the Earth life experience, once you've completed it successfully, is admired throughout the universe because this is a tough, tough kind of planet to get your act together on. And um, I think um, the nice thing, too, is once you become spirit again, you can easily recall anything you've done on Earth and feel it in full sensory awareness. If you enjoyed eating that orange, you can remember that in spirit and have that same pleasure. Um, so um, people come to get a lot of this tangible experience, if you will, uh, from my point of view. But people can also come with reservations. Um, I know a woman who you know, before she came, she knew her child would die of brain cancer at six years old. There would be all these other problems in her life that would be heartbreaking. But she also knew she needed to come uh, for her own spirit development or soul development. So she took a deep breath and said, uh, spirit guides, you know, help me out if I get stuck. Here I go. And came down to have an incarnation. Well, wow, that's pretty amazing. So it's all about just loving life, basically right? Loving everything you do in life, like cherishing everything you do and not taking anything for granted. And not too seriously either. It's sort of, in PK, we talk about 
the physical world is like a dream like and very changeable the spirit world is solid constant and real that's the kind of mental condition you need to do to have the faith that can move mountains if you will and um it seems like you know if you can learn that you can come and go from this physical life quite easily through meditation like when Rowe institute teaches then this doesn't feel like a prison here anymore then it feels like a beautiful eden or a mansion and you can enjoy the pleasures of the physical and the learnings of the physical without feeling so imprisoned within the body that's pretty amazing. And and this is the last question because we, we're, we're not even nearly at an hour yet, but I, I don't want to take up too much of your time. I just want to ask, like, because my show deals with aliens and UFOs a lot, did the Monroe study do any studies on alien abduction by any chance? They've not formally studied it, but a lot of people going through Monroe, um, Monroe classes are very intimate. There's about 20 to 24 people in each class, okay? So it's not like a big 500 people event, you know? Yeah. And uh, so we, you get to talk at night about all the kinds of things that have happened in your lives. And uh, many people have had what they would call an abduction experience. The deep meditative state without the abduction experience feel like they connect with, um, let's call it alien intelligence. That's kind of a bad word in terms of... Uh, to me, uh, earthling, palladian, octurian, whatever, are just clothes you wear. That your essence is beyond being just earthbound or octurious bound or wherever. But given that, in the high energy states, we even have a program at Monroe called Starlines, where there is a lot of, um, in deep meditative states, communication with other intelligence. And that may be the intelligence of whale consciousness or dolphin, as well as non-earth bound, uh, physical and non-earth bound, non-physical, angelic, divic, uh, alien, if you want to use that word. But uh, it all seems to be, again, back to one consciousness. And But the word alien for many people, it makes them feel some fear. Yeah. And, and that tends to get in the way of communication. So we, they're not really sure what they're communicating with, whether it could be an angelic being or um, extraterrestrial. But what you're saying, in the end, it's all consciousness. You're communicating yeah, with some yeah. other form of consciousness somewhere. Yeah, but say your spouse died and you're wanting to connect with her on the other side or him. And if you have even slight fear that maybe they're not, they're not okay or they wouldn't want to see me, it will be very hard to connect. So when you look at trying to connect with alien intelligence, if you have slight fear that they'd be more powerful than me and overcome me in some way, manipulate me in some way, be evil in some way, it's going to shut down any kind of unity feeling that is necessary for the communication. And that may be good at our stage in development, but most people don't go around talking to dead relatives or aliens. Um, but it's mainly our mind is filtering that. So we usually are focused here now on whatever job we got to do on Earth. Um, but do, uh, do, do you believe, though, that we have spirit guides and guardian angels? I think we do, uh, using those words 
you know, sort of loosely, um, that uh, some people who felt like they had five, six guides they could name later felt like all of those were parts of their own incarnated consciousness up there, their own higher self, incorporating all their lives, lifetimes. Other people will see it a different way. Um, but what people will respond is they feel like they're in touch with benevolent, very powerful, very gentle, very uh, wise other parts of consciousness. Then some people like to give them names uh, like guides or angels. Other people say, no, nah, I'm not going to label it. That's amazing. Well, this interview has been amazing. I, I, I This really blew me away. Um, can you share your websites and your programs and every, anything else you want to yeah. share before we, because yeah, I really want people to know so about the book, Inner Vegas, Creating Miracles, Abundance and Health would be a good place to start with the science. The Liquid Luck book and CD you can get on my website. If you go to liquidluckbook.com, that's the easiest to remember. It'll take you to my website. The main website title is sync, as in the word synchronize, S-Y-N-C, and then the word creation, C-R-E-A-T-I-O-N.com. So S-Y-N-C-C-R-E-A-T-I-O-N.com. And uh, there's a lot of free tips on that website for manifesting, for healing, for doing PK. Um, you can sign up to know when my next workshops will be in Vegas. We're hoping by fall with COVID, we'll be able to get back in business that way. And the home study course, Sync Creation, talks about all this in great depth and comes with three coaching hours with me uh, personally and has uh, all the stuff in there to bend the metal and grow seeds in your hand and learn all about this in depth. And it's on sale for 300 off during the COVID time because a lot of people are home and it's a great time to do home study. So um, those kind of things are all available on the syncreation.com. What would be the best program if you want to um, just like improve your life, like um, get a better job? Uh, you know, the, the big one is the home study course, Sync Creation. It's most extensive. It'll go into a lot of depth about how to clear those negative thoughts, limiting beliefs and emotions, and then how to really get the energy going. And on the first page of the website on the home study course, Sync Creation, there's a survey of 60 people, and you can see how many got better jobs, how many people learned how to lucid dream, how many did well in casinos, how many healed things. Um, so that's where you would start. If that's too expensive and too extensive, then I would just start with a liquid lock book and CD combo to give you a taste of this to see if it's up your alley. That you can do for under, I think, 30 bucks. Oh, wow. It's amazing. It's amazing stuff, man. You know what? You really opened up my mind. I mean, my mind was already open to these things, but you really taught me a lot. And I, and yeah, I really actually learned a lot. Well, um, thank you, Robert. My pleasure. Hope it I, was good for everybody tonight watching. I think the audience is going to like this a lot. I think a lot of people will really find benefit in this, especially in a time right now where there's a lot of fear, you know, and I, I, think, I think this really will help. So thank you so much, uh, Dr. Uh, Gallenberger. Robert, have a good have night. A good evening.